You are listening to Go Full Crypto. I'm your host, Rogopshi Palway. This podcast is your best resource for crypto stories in the form of discussions and interviews. We uncomplexify tech jargon and we like to keep it simple. My co-host, Keegan Francis and I, we're here to empower you with the knowledge you need to confidently navigate your way into the world of crypto. Join us as we embark on the journey of driving the adoption of cryptocurrency. Join us in going full crypto. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. At no point in time should the topics of discussion be construed or taken as investment advice. Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and their guests on this podcast will not be held accountable for any losses. The content discussed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are intended to be for informational purposes only. Welcome to episode 21 of the Go Full Crypto podcast, everyone. This episode is going to be a little bit about our personal journeys uh, upon how we came to be known as cryptocurrency experts. It really has to do with all of our experiences and some of our failures uh, with respect to the cryptocurrency world. And we bring to you our stories, we bring to you uh, knowledge on crypto, but uh, what is also important is that you know that we have made our fair share of mistakes. And this episode is to you to be for you to be aware of our mistakes so that you don't make the same ones. So let's begin. Keegan, in some of the previous episodes, we've talked about how you came across cryptocurrency uh, in 2014. Around there. Thereabouts. Around thereabouts. Yeah. And I remember you telling me that the first investment you made was in a cryptocurrency called Dogecoin. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's a meme coin. It's uh, it's really obscure. And it's a joke, actually. It was created as a joke. Well, what enticed you to participate or purchase that cryptocurrency? Oh, well, I actually didn't purchase it at all. Uh, I, someone that I knew uh, contacted me and offered me the opportunity to participate in a mining pool. Um, do you have a like a simple definition for a mining pool? Yeah, for sure. So a mining pool is, uh, you can think of it as um, a group that you participate in either by lending your com- com- computer power or by subscribing to, by, by paying for this computer power uh, and in turn you make money. Right. So I was coding at the time. I was doing some JavaScript and I was working for this website and this company that uh, that did this Dogecoin mining pooling. And they paid me in Dogecoin. And that's how I got a hold of my first cryptocurrency. So why did you want to get into crypto? Oh, I saw it as really, really fascinating. I think we covered this really early on in all of our podcasts. With respect to 2008, I actually felt some pain. Uh, like when that was going down, uh, like my parents' investments uh, did not do so well during 2008. And I resonated heavily with like the, the Occupy Wall Street and the people that were camping out because they just lost their jobs. They lost their life savings. They were kicked out of their home. And I'm from a like a lower middle class Canadian family. And this I just saw myself in the people that were experiencing the financial pain in 2008. And so ever since I learned about cryptocurrency, which was 2011, 2012, uh, it took me a couple of years to get into it, which is totally normal for someone's crypto journey, their own crypto story. It usually takes a couple of years <laughs> after the time that you hear about it to actually get into it. Uh, the, the point is that it, I saw cryptocurrency as a bit of salvation for the people 
uh, having this pain, me included. Yeah, well, you said something about people hearing about crypto and then getting into it after a couple of years' time. And a lot of people that we've interviewed have said that exact same thing. But we, I'm just speaking for you here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but that amount of time, the waiting period between when you hear about crypto and you actually end up either investing in it with your time or with your money, that time is getting shorter. That Oh, like people are getting the ability to uh, to make that journey shorter, a shorter journey. Is that what you mean? Uh, yes, because the pain felt by people all around the world with respect to their investments, not holding the the value that they hold um, in a several years time, that uh, the purchasing power of their money in some governments and economies around the world because of the massive um uh, injection injection of money into this into circulation people are starting to feel the pain so when someone hears about an alternative currency that can hold its value because of its properties um there's like a shorter period of time between when they hear about it and when they actually go in and invest the whole industry is getting much more mature as well so there's all sorts much more of a what sir mature mature yeah they're uh there's all sorts of additional learning materials. The apps are much better. They're way easier to use than they were in 2014. Uh, there's more options, uh, more ways for you to decide what part of the crypto sphere works best for you. So that's all really positive in terms of adoption. It shortens that time that you need for uh, from the time that you start feeling pain to the time where you actually get that medicine, that, uh, that remedy of uh, jumping into crypto. Right. So um, going back to you... Participating in this mining pool for Dogecoin. Yeah. That was you just testing the waters or was it you saying, okay, I'm in crypto. I got to do this one uh, weird, obscure thing. Well, I, I've always held the Not philosophy. weird, sorry. But... Oh, no, it's pretty weird. Okay. It was pretty weird for sure. <laughs> uh, what was weird about it? Um, well, I, I did actually put a bit of my money into it. I, I bought $300 worth of uh, like computing power from this company. And uh, like that was pretty weird too. Just the idea that okay, I can like purchase someone else's computer power and then get paid in this cryptocurrency. That idea is really foreign to most people. But what you don't realize is your computer is sitting idle, right? Like most of the day, most people's computers. Your phone sits in your pocket and kind of doesn't do much computation. That's unused uh, computer power. Like you could be helping solve solve problems, scientific problems or cryptocurrency problems. You can get be getting paid for the work that your computer does, and that's that's an obscure idea. Just right. sorry, riffing on the whole <laughs> obscurity of like the whole Dogecoin mining point. I know that was a slight tangent, but uh, it's all good. Um, but I really want to understand when you decided you wanted to participate in this mining pool. Is like is that the first thing you saw out of say five options that you had with respect to getting into crypto? Yeah, so I was one of those people. Here's the first mistake that I made. Uh, the first mistake I made with respect to crypto is downloading the Bitcoin code base in 2011, <laughs> not being able to get it running because I didn't have the technical expertise. Right. And then going back to it three years later when Bitcoin was worth you know 200 times more than it was. When okay. I first heard about it. For everyone who um, might be slightly um, confused about what Keegan just said, in 2011, when Keegan meant that he couldn't get the code base running. Uh, if I had, then I would be a millionaire right now, without a doubt. Or, or a billionaire. Or a billionaire. Yeah, depending on what you did. And the reason why he would 
have this much money is because um, we've talked about mining before. Mining is how new Bitcoin enter into circulation. Mining is how new blocks are added to the blockchain. And just a refresher, a blockchain is just the underlying infrastructure of a cryptocurrency. So if Keegan had been able to <laughs> run a miner using the Bitcoin code base, then in 2011, that's, oh gosh, 2009, that's only 50, two years, two years 25, after. 25 Bitcoin is, was the reward? Uh, 50, 50. 50, okay. So yeah. every time if Keegan's compute computational power uh, and if, if his personal miner was able to produce a block on the Bitcoin blockchain, he would have been rewarded with 50 Bitcoin. Which in today's value is $500,000. So I really would have only needed to get lucky once. I would only need to mine one block. And it would I, not make you a millionaire. No, it wouldn't. But uh, I would still have quite a bit of money. If I, I've had, I would have half a million dollars if I mined a single block in 2011. Right. Yeah. So when this whole Do Dogecoin mining pool came around, I was like, oh, cool. An opportunity to get into crypto is I have a philosophy that if you want to get into something, the best way to do it is kind of two feet at once. So like jump headfirst into into the lake into the pond uh the metaphorical crypto pond that if you can will. hurt sometimes it can yes in my case it did hurt quite a bit i made How lots of hurt? mistakes uh well you know that 300 dollars that i gave for that dogecoin mining pool i actually right. only ended up getting 150 of those dollars back because that company closed up shop and then left and they didn't give me my money back so i only got 150 dollars back of my 300 dollars investment I have a question. Yes. In their terms and conditions, did they say that they have the ability to close up shop anytime they choose and you there's nothing you can do about do it? Do you really think that I <laughs> read the terms and conditions? <laughs> right. No, that's my job. That's, that's the, yeah. yeah. For, for, and we didn't know each other then. So for reference, sense. Ruga reads all the terms and conditions for everything she signs up for. It's amazing. Must. Well, I don't want to keep checking boxes uh, as I sign my privacy away on the internet i That's need to reasonable. know what i'm giving away there are some very um interesting things that all of us have signed up for when we don't read the terms and conditions and it's like knowing it really doesn't make it any easier for me to uh, just be on that particular service but that is a tangent you didn't read terms and conditions i did not so you're not sure if they said that they have the ability to close up shop anytime no it was, well i mean it was it was unethical w was it sure. a scam yeah, it ended up being a scan because they had like 100 people, uh, other people that had given them money. And then they just closed up shop one day. That was it. Uh, right. Never heard back from the guy. So when you decided that you wanted to invest in this mining pool, like give your money to this mining pool, were there any other options that you could have chosen from to uh, go head first in? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like I could have signed up on any kind of crypto exchange and deposit, figured out how to deposit my money. I didn't have a lot, whole lot of trust for the system. This was 2014, so the narrative at the time was that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies were solely used for for trading drugs and money laundering. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. So it got a really bad rap, and I was really nervous about giving someone my money and getting absolutely nothing in return. And so I was very apprehensive to enter the space for that reason. In uh, the first place, or after your experience with? In the first place, in so, the very first place. So what actually made me put my money into this dogecoin mining pool it was actually i knew the person that was running it 
Oh. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I did have that trust factor. It didn't actually end up working out. Like, the trust factor completely... What? Do you know where this person went? No. No, they uh, they were going to Mount Allison University in Canada at the time. Wow. Yeah, and so I knew someone at Mount Allison. They had introduced us. Eventually, that person dropped out and left. Wow. Yeah, and, and I never heard from them again. Okay, so what did you learn from that experience? Uh, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> lots of things. I mean, it was my ticket to actually researching more about cryptocurrency in general. So you felt the pain, but you didn't decide to abandon it completely after one sour experience. That's right. Yeah. Mostly because that $150 that I did get back, it, I got it back in Bitcoin. Um, and then eventually that $150 worth of Bitcoin became worth way more. Hang on. Yeah. You participated in a Dogecoin mining pool. Yeah. Dogecoin is a different currency, yeah. cryptocurrency, that has a picture of a dog on its symbol, by the way. Right. It's a total joke. Uh, and you decided to start with that at first. Interesting. Yep. Uh, but you got paid back in Bitcoin? I got paid in Dogecoin and I traded that for Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw Bitcoin as more valuable. Why didn't you find a Bitcoin mining pool? Uh, well, I trust factor. You trust didn't know factor, anyone. exactly. And you didn't know how to figure out how to run the code base yourself by that point. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> lots of issues. Yeah. <laughs> They're not issues. It's just a story. Yeah. Your experience. The uh, the whole learning thing was once I actually obtained the Bitcoin, I cared a lot more about what it was doing for me and what it could do for me. And I was in my third slash fourth year of university at the time. And so I was starting to consider my career options, my debt, and my future retirement. Yes, I was considering wow. <laughs> retirement at uh, the ripe age of 21 or 22. I, I was, in fact, considering how I was going to retire. So what I, I, age did you want to retire? By 30. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I still have three years to go, so we're fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, once I learned about Bitcoin, um, everything just started coming a little bit more naturally. Uh, I saw my savings in my bank account and I had some savings, but then I saw this $150 worth of Bitcoin turn into $1,000 worth of Bitcoin in a year. And I was like, okay, well, why why do I have any savings <laughs> in Canadian dollars? Like this doesn't make sense. I mean, I, if I was to pinpoint the start of my go full crypto journey, that was it right there. It was like that realization that my Bitcoin could increase by a factor of 10. And there's no day where I could see my Canadian dollars increasing in value by a factor of 10. Is this around the time when you decided to enter the cryptocurrency world with more money for the gains, but after stayed for the philosophy instead? That's right. Yeah, I would say that that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. The philosophy was building underneath of my desire for gains i was heavily motivated to pay off my debt right as we covered in i think that was just episode two yeah um where you paid off sixty thousand dollars worth of student debt correct yeah i was heavily incentivized and motivated to make sure that that debt goes away as, as quick as possible but the entire time i was doing that i was also discovering the philosophy and learning a lot about economics and uh i'm i find it very surprising like when i'm talking to my friends about this they don't necessarily like care or like want to hear about economics and finance and how their money works. It seems like a periphery thing in their life. And that actually really surprised me. Um, it it kind of led me, well, like the reason why I was looking into this stuff is because I was feeling pain. 
and I needed to find a remedy for my pain. But I'm, like this makes me wonder, do my friends and, and other family members not experience the same kind of financial pain that I do? I well, uh, Keegan, I feel like that's a really philosophical conversation because if everybody <laughs> wanted to retire at the age of 30 and everybody was thinking about it when they were 21 or 22, there really would be a ton of competition, even more than there is right now. It just wouldn't be a very good balance for the people who want to retire at 30 to be able to retire at 30. Right. So like people have different goals. Basically. Yeah, people have different goals. Aspirations. And uh, not everybody has the interest to learn about finance either true um so I mean, well, I mean this is what i have to say to that though like if regardless of whether you care about your finances or not uh, the world of finance is happening around you and it's going to happen to you your finances yeah like f yes caring about an individual's finances is different from caring about what is taking place in the world of finance mm -hmm. and Let's say that the people that are listening to us on the GoFull Crypto podcast want to hear our thoughts and learn about cryptocurrency through our dialogue and our interviews and discussions. But how many, this is an open question to our audience, how many of you have signed up for a weekly newsletter on what happens in the world of finance or um, notice or notice yourself thinking about what's going to happen to your money in the next five years 10 years 20 years yeah it's yeah. well i would say that it's our job to care about that and then communicate it to our audience because we're so heavily entrenched in this particular industry yeah so i, I want to turn this conversation around back on you we, we talked a little bit about my crypto story sure thank you we we definitely should do that yeah. I, I do want to sum up your your the start of your story with how would you have done things differently looking back? Uh, I think I actually did things just fine. Uh, I probably could have shown more perseverance and uh, persistence with uh, with getting the code base running. Uh, but <laughs> that's just one of those hindsight 2020 things. Uh, well, that's not what I mean. I, I don't mean that. Do you have any regrets? What would you like to change? Mm. But what would you... I guess I did ask you, what would you do differently? Well, for people who are looking into crypto right now, right? Yeah. And they have the option to invest in Bitcoin or participate in a mining pool, or they just want to get into, crypt into cryptocurrency. From your experience, when you just wanted to get into cryptocurrency and you chose to go um, head first, what did you learn from your mistakes that you would tell anybody listening right now? Uh, what would you tell them from your experience? Uh, this this might turn into a mini rant, but uh, I'm gonna go for it anyway. The uh, I when I was learning about money, when I learned about cryptocurrency, it, it forced me to also learn about money. And the more I learned about money, the more I was frustrated and very very confused about the way it worked. Uh, like for example, why can the government just print money out of thin air? What like why? That's a really good question. Uh, why do they have that power? Uh, we uh, we stumbled upon a definition of inflation in the last couple of weeks. Do you remember what it was, Murga? It was that, okay, you've got a pie, and your Canadian dollars mm -hmm. is some amount of that pie. Uh, what the government does when they print money is they increase the size of the pie without increasing your portion of the pie. And so you, you have less of the pie now all of a sudden when the government prints more money. That's That's what inflation is. You own less of the total amount of Canadian dollars and that happened without your consent. Why does that happen? 
I think one of the reasons why finances and money is so frustrating for people to understand or, or confusing for people to understand is because it actually doesn't make that much sense. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 that's why one of the reasons why I gravitate towards a cryptocurrency based system, because when you start to understand it, you're like, oh, that's a way better way of running things. And feeling okay with the confusion of learning about money is important. Uh, it's a totally natural thing to feel when you're learning about money. Like you scratch your head and it's like, wait, why does the bank, why is the bank allowed to loan out all my money and, and give me a 0.1% interest? Or why? Why can they do that? Oh yeah, because they're the bank. That's a really unsatisfactory reason. It's confusing. It's frustrating. Well, you signed those, that checkbox. You tick that checkbox uh, yes. of uh, reading terms and conditions. <laughs> and we can ask Murga what's actually on those terms <laughs> and conditions because she knows. <laughs> I do have screenshots and circled outrageous things that I've agreed to, but go on. Oh, so, I mean, if I was to just encapsulate that answer, that was my rant. My answer in a nutshell is uh, that be okay with the confusion and uh, let your curiosity and confusion fuel you to continue you, your journey of learning about money. And I think like... I don't know. I don't know what our demographic is for our listeners, but for our young listeners, you have a long life ahead of you. And if you get ahead of learning about money now, it's going to benefit you. It's going to compound right now, far into the future. And for our older listeners, uh, oh my gosh, you're what, who are you that? calling old? I, I don't know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the show and uh, welcome to Bitcoin. That's that's the only message for our older listeners, I suppose. Oh my gosh, Keegan. Okay, I respect your message, but if we were having a conversation, I could see some more dis- some some more discussion. Uh, <laughs> are you sure you don't want to refine your answer for the the demographic that say is slightly older than us? Um, I don't know. Like, be curious. Be curious about this new phenomenon of money. Um, that I mean, that's that's my my message in a nutshell. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll- <laughs> I'll let that be. I just remember uh, you telling me, now please correct. Yeah. Co- really fact check yourself whether or not you said this. Okay. Um, if this fact is true, you said that when salt was used, this currency worked as a great currency because then you could burn it by eating it. Yeah. That's that, true. That That is true. You weren't just pulling my leg. No, right. Because it, salt was actually scarce at one point in time. Okay. Yeah. And scarcity is one of the most fundamental principles of money. And, and so, the way you would maintain that scarcity is by eating it. Right. You yeah. Eat so your money. You like this was in the Roman times that you should pay their soldiers in salt. And salt, for people that don't know this about nutrition, is an electrolyte. And your body <laughs> needs electrolytes in order to run oh properly. And so, yeah, it worked great for soldiers because they needed to, you know, have energy to go to war. And, and they would pay them in salt. Some of them would eat it. Some of them would send it back home to their family so they could pay for groceries and other things. And in salt. In salt. Okay. Yes. I know. It seems right. strange, but it's true. <laughs> we used to use very weird things for money in the past. Well, I knew that salt was used for money, but just the fact that you would eat it uh, in order to maintain scarcity is, um, is an interesting principle all in itself. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that the people knew that that's what they were doing with it, like maintaining scarcity. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What an interesting time. What an interesting time indeed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you have given your message and you know, the start of your crypto story and circling uh, back to me. Do you have something to say? Yeah, no, now we get to dive into yours. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're newer to cryptocurrency than I am. This is very true. And so I think in some respect, you're going to have a more relevant uh, point of view for many of our listeners. All right. So let's do it. 
I heard about I had heard about Bitcoin before, never really did anything with it. But in 2017, as we mentioned in our first very first episode, uh, why we started Go for Crypto and what our stories were. In 2017, I was introduced to uh, the wild world of cryptocurrency when Keegan gave me a phone call and was like, oh my gosh, Maruga, my investments are skyrocketing. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and at that point, I got to say, I felt a little bit of FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Yeah. And it was only because of the excitement that Keegan showed me excitement and anxiety yeah. <laughs> i gotta say it that keegan expressed on this phone call and i was like oh my gosh all these investments are skyrocketing da, 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 da. could have made a lot of money if i got into it sooner or was more curious about money if you think that during any period of your crypto journey that is completely normal it oh to have fomo to have fomo or to I feel still like have FOMO. that you should have gotten in earlier yeah because just the other week we were talking to a couple of our friends and we were talking about uh how or they were expressing how they should have got into it earlier in the year or last year or when their friend gave them one of our friends actually she received a bitcoin um at a fiddling concert in 2014 and she did she had this 12 word phrase she, she didn't really understand it she thought it was some joke on the internet so she lost this piece of paper that had her 12 word phrase and just recently discovered that one Bitcoin was worth around 14,000 Canadian dollars and was like, oh my gosh, I tried looking for it. And anyway, you might think that anytime you get into it, you're late, but it's better late than never for one. And for two, you're not late. It's still only a 10 year old industry. Uh, and the internet is the commercially the commercial internet is only twenty five years old. Yeah, they're boats. Uh, there, yeah, twenty five to twenty seven years old. So in retrospect, a lot has happened with the progress progress on the internet. It's exponential progress. It is, and the same thing is going to happen with cryptocurrency because this this industry is not dying. So coming back to my story. Hold on, one thing about exponents. Yeah. Uh, I forget who said this, but this is one common quote. It's uh, like one of the greatest failings of the human brain is the inability to understand the exponential function. What does that mean? It's like we think linearly. It's mainly because we experience time, time linearly. And, yeah, exactly. Right? And except when you're in the flow state and like you're really enjoying an activity and time seems to fly by. Yeah. That's more so uh, indicative of the exponential function because time goes by faster and faster and faster the more you enjoy yourself. But in general, we experience time linearly. So we think, okay, one, then two, then three, then four. That's the natural progression of life. But exponential functions don't work that way, right? They go one, two, four, eight, 16, 32, and they increase very quickly. And that's what we saw with the internet. That's what we saw with the iPhone. That's what we're seeing with cryptocurrency, right? The iPhone, like when was the day that you thought, oh, when, when you noticed that everyone has an iPhone, it seemed to happen gradually, then suddenly. Oh my gosh. I remember when I was in grade eight and I got my first phone. It was a flip phone. It was a Samsung. I was so excited. It made a noise when I closed it and opened it. Really missed that functionality. But I was in grade eight and everyone thought that I was fancy because I had a phone. I traveled a lot. So it made sense for me to have a phone. But these days I see kids that are six months old that have an iPad in front of them. <laughs> and I'm really not, I wasn't in grade eight that long ago, really. Like, maybe over a decade ago, but still. <laughs> That's still, not that long. <laughs> it's still not that long ago. It's about the time that Bitcoin got started. <laughs> exactly. And in, in, in a decade's time, me being, what was I, 13 when I was in grade eight, there's, yeah, 
subtract 13 from that, there's babies who have iPads uh, before they can even read because that's how they learn to read. So it's really quite crazy how fast we're progressing. Coming back to my story, yes. 2017 is when I was first introduced. So yeah, in retrospect, I am fairly new to the cryptocurrency industry, except it is now my business. So it is my business to know what goes on in it. Uh, but so 2017, I heard about it. I still didn't do anything. But in 2018, well, it was towards December of 2017. So I guess I wasn't that far away from 2018. 2018 is where I made my first investment in Bitcoin. I bought it off of Keegan. And I also remember I was still undergoing FOMO, which is again, fear of missing out. And I don't remember how much one Bitcoin was worth. Was it $4,000 or $6,000, I think? I don't remember either, but it was, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, and it dropped after that. Anyway, so once I got hold of, got hold of a little bit of cryptocurrency, I didn't know what to do with it, right? And... Well, this is one of the mistakes that some people make. Like, you think that you need to do something with it. That's true. And this is something that I, I learned that I really don't need to do anything with it two years later, which is actually this year. Um, but let me tell you my thought process. So I got hold of some Bitcoin. I knew that Keegan traded. If I looked up anything on cryptocurrency, the fourth or the fifth site would usually be some sort of trading website. And the people that um, that I knew through Keegan's, com Keegan's community were all cryptocurrency traders. So I thought that what I needed to do if I had cryptocurrency was trade with it. And there's many different kinds of traders. And what I thought I needed to do was be a day trader if I wanted to make money off of it. So that's, again, the second mistake that I made was I thought that day trading was the only way for me to make use of my cryptocurrency in order to grow it. And yeah, this is, I see a lot of people who come to us and they ask us how to start trading or uh, they kind of want to get resources on how to trade. And that's awesome if that is what you want to spend your time doing. But something that I didn't have in 2018 was an end goal. What did I eventually want? What did I see myself doing with this cryptocurrency investment that I had a hold of? And yeah, this is something that we help people with these days. But going back to 20, 2018, I started day trading and oh my gosh, it was such a steep learning curve. Being getting into the getting into the industry of blockchain and cryptocurrency itself was a really steep learning curve because I just graduated with a computer science degree. But in that, I pressured myself to feel uh, like I needed to learn how to trade because then I wasn't in the world of cryptocurrency. That yeah, was just, if you're not a trader, then you're not doing it right or something like that. Yeah, if I'm yeah. not a trader, then I'm not really um, into cryptocurrency. But that's a false assumption. Yeah, false narrative. False narrative. And you know what? Whatever. I made that mistake. I'm really glad I did because for the next two years, so the rest of 2017, sorry, 2018, 2019, I tried to do a lot of things with crypto. I started looking at other cryptocurrency assets, trying to um, diversify my portfolio because I thought that was another thing that I needed to do. I couldn't just have Bitcoin. I needed to have more cryptocurrency since there's thousands out there. I didn't want to miss out on all of them. And I- More FOMO. Yeah, more FOMO. It, I noticed that it was taking up a lot of my time and a lot of my headspace trying to think of and keep up with everything that's out there. And- 
to tell you the truth, something that I didn't want to admit to myself is that it's impossible to keep up with everything. It's growing at a pace that is faster than the amount of time you have to cover it. And it's growing at an exponential rate. It's growing at an exponential rate and we don't have exponential time. So in 2018, when there was just so much going on in the cryptocurrency world, we were kind of uh, focusing on crypto as well. And I just didn't have the brain power or the time to dedicate a part or allocate a part of my brain to keeping up with everything that's happening, trying to day trade, trying to uh, get a hold of as many cryptocurrency investments as possible and diversifying. And I think that's that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. They think that maybe to get into cryptocurrency, you need to have this huge time investment. And exactly. Like you need to really, uh, I mean, jump in with two feet, but like stay in. Yeah. And, and that's really not the case. Like you can be in in whatever capacity that you want to be in and go at your own pace. Yeah, and I I would almost say that there's a couple of questions that need to be answered in order to determine that. Because when somebody doesn't know anything about crypto, for one, there's a knowledge gap. And for for a second, you hear about what people are doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you must do. Right. And getting to that point of knowing that you mustn't, you don't need to do what everybody else is doing, uh, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really what my story, um, this is what I want people to take away from my story is that you don't need to do what everybody else needs to do. You need to find what you want to do based on what your end goal is. So in earlier this year in 2020, actually, I realized that, okay, I was spending too much time. It wasn't worth it because I really wasn't getting nearly as as much gains as I thought I would if I put so much time in it. And I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying I having... I think that's the biggest point. Yeah. I would. Why would I? It just was really stressful. <laughs> and yeah. People have lives yeah. outside of their finances. Like for, for me, like my life resol- revolves around my finances. I think about money all the time. I think yeah. about cryptocurrency every second of the day. Yeah. But for most people, I mean... They- and even if you do think about crypto for most of the day, that doesn't mean that you're going to be day trading every single day. True. Right? Yeah. You're not going to be doing every option that there is to do with crypto. Right. Yeah. And, and people people have lies. Like they, they, go to, they go to their job at the cafe or at a research institute right. or at their technical consultant, whatever it is. They, they don't care to think about their finances. They don't have time necessarily. They have completely different goals and aspirations than making sure that they have money when they're 50, right? This is not relevant for them. For them. And that's, sure, that wasn't my headspace either though. Like I, I didn't want to make sure that I had money when I was 50. I right, just, I'm just giving some examples. Yeah. yeah, I just did what I thought I needed to do because everybody else was doing it. Yeah. So earlier this year, I decided, okay, I'm not going to do any of this because it isn't really benefiting my goal. And that's when I determined my end goal. My end goal was to be a long-term investor. And what that means is I research cryptocurrency, any one, two, or whatever crypto, crypto I'm in, interested in. I check out some characteristics. We covered this in episode 10 or 11. Maybe 11, yeah. 9 or 11. One of the two. We link it in the show notes. So we, I check out the characteristics of that particular cryptocurrency. To really, really quick um, summary is who is running it, who is behind it, who's supporting the project, how many people are actually working on it, and um, what, how much, how much is there? How much cryptocurrency for that particular asset exists? Is it capped? Is it unlimited? How scarce is this asset? How does it actually work? 
And yeah, what are the tokenomics? How does this coin or token gain value? So once I determine this about a particular coin, I invest whatever reasonable amount of money I want to in it, and then I wait. I don't look at it for maybe six months or even 12 months based on the kind of cryptocurrency. And that lets me have my peace of mind um, because I've done the research before. I haven't just invested in anything. And I go on with my day. And I think this is actually the approach that works, that will work and does work for most people. Like, it, I, I think it's imperative that people examine their money today, like right now, today. Uh, but I also think, I, I like, I think it's very realistic to not to take that strategy, that strategy that you take. All right, look into it, uh, but then like maybe put some amount of money in and then leave it for 10 years and don't look at it like no you've got your bases covered right and that's that's pretty cool because yeah. you, you can you're free to go to the gym and I, not think about your money all day exactly and it's not just that it's not just um purchase like make a one-time purchase there's also some crypto assets where you can decide to add a little bit of money into your investment every three months or every month for that matter or every week or every week really depending on what your end goal is and how much you can afford to allocate into that particular investment so i coined a term for myself and it was um, a cryptocurrency essentialist i'm a cryptocurrency essentialist i just find the essential characteristics in a particular cryptocurrency and i invest in that and i hold and this this is what we would call your crypto strategy in a way like this is what we help people find as well we pe help people craft their own crypto strategy and, and you know really roughly that's like how do i get a hold of it uh and if i want to sell it how do i sell it and how do i get that back into the canadian dollars us dollars indian rupees whatever that might be and the third thing is what do i actually do once i have it and like the options are limitless here. It's like I can hold it and put it away for a rainy day 20 years from now. That's a totally perfect option. The second option is, okay, maybe I can take advantage of some of the novel investment opportunities in the cryptocurrency realm. That's that's awesome. If you want to do that, that's you're able to do that. There's really the sky's the limit here. And yeah. that's your crypto strategy. And, you know. I wish that I had a more concrete crypto strategy in 2014. Looking back now and you ask, I finally have that answer. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to change that by like, Bitcoin answer? What would you change and uh, how would you how would you do things differently? You know, I would sit down and I'd craft exactly those three things. Uh, how do I get in? How do I get out? What do I do once I'm in here? And I wish I had someone to guide me along that path. That would have been very valuable for me. Yeah. Which is why we're doing this right now. That's right. To guide people into really understanding what their reasons are of getting into crypto in the first place. And then, like you said, how, what, what pathway or what payment channel can you establish so you can buy cryptocurrency whenever you want to. You can sell cryptocurrency whenever you want to. And once you have cryptocurrency, what do you do? What is your strategy? Do you want to be a day trader? Do you want to be a long-term investor? Do you want to do something else? What, what do you want? What's your end goal? Yeah. And yeah, so that's our stories. This is how we ended up getting to where we are today. We've made mistakes. We didn't cover, I think, 60% or 40% more about our story because we've both made those mistakes of 
selling high and buying no selling low and buying high yeah the opposite of what you're supposed to do yes if you want to make money again falling into FOMO uh, and <laughs> now we have um, a very strict rule set um, of making sure that whenever we feel like we need to buy we have the, these checkpoints that we've created for ourselves that work for ourselves and if all three of them are green if all three of them match then we can make a particular decision just making sure that we don't fall into the traps of FOMO anymore and that's part of our crypto strategy exactly that we've crafted for ourselves yeah and again they're not the same for everybody it depends on what your end goal is and that's that that is that yeah so it was really wonderful to for us at least to share our story with you once you've heard this, if you have any comments, if you want to get back in touch with us or tell us what your experience has tell been. Tell us your crypto story. Tell us your crypto story. And if you wanted to craft a crypto strategy with us, we would get on a 30-minute call with you to just understand where you currently are and where you want to get to and help you in whatever way we can. And so the email. Oh, right. Yeah. You can email us at ready at gofullcrypto.com. Um, or go to our website and we have this start here button that uh, helps you determine where you are in your crypto journey. journey. So if you fill that out, it'll help you know where you are. It'll help us help you know where you are if you don't know where you are. <laughs> so go do that if, um, if you want to talk to us and get in touch with us or just if you want to know where you are. <laughs> Fantastic. So thank you everyone for listening. We are close to a thousand downloads as of October 8th. 2020 and we're super happy that people are listening to all of this content that we're putting out there speaking of the exponential function that's uh hopefully the function that we're inside with the number <laughs> of downloads that we have for our podcast and you can help us get there you can tell people that you know who are probably a little bit apprehensive maybe want to get into crypto and uh if they like podcasts or videos then point them to go full crypto that would be much appreciated all right, with that, thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned.